0: i Spaces
1: Welcome to The Ether. Today is Saturday, December 3rd, 2022. Today on The Ether, in the Spotlight, an AMA and live performance by HD Music. Hosted by Chev from the OmniFlix Network. Let's take a listen.
2: What's up, guys? Um, So let's uh, try to share this out if possible. Um, We had like 30 people uh, RSVP'd early. So uh, last week we had about 300 and some odd people tune in. So um, we got to bump this up here. I guess there's a, I guess people are busy with the holidays and such, but we'll see what's going on. Thank you to you guys that are here at the moment. And if you could share this around and, um, and help us out, that would be amazing.
0: Let's yeah. go. Yeah. Yeah.
2: everybody um and we are joined by ht music that was his music that you were just hearing and welcome to in the spotlight i'm here with ht music live from you're in colorado correct
3: yeah i'm in boulder colorado right now
2: awesome very nice to uh speak to you on here um so yeah i'm very excited to talk to you about uh your journey through uh creating music nfts um and just kind of where you got started and uh if if it's cool we can kind of just go through your uh background and your you know your experience uh working in web3 and uh building a portfolio of music which is uh really really cool music that you make
3: absolutely and thank you so much for having me up i really appreciate the opportunity to share my music and um yeah just you know the Omniflex community i'm speaking with chev right now right correct well, yeah. Pleasure to meet you, man. I mean, the whole, the whole OmniFlix team has been one of the most, you know, helpful teams in terms of learning how to use the NFT marketplaces. So it's a, it's a pleasure to be on here with you guys.
2: I appreciate you joining us, man. It uh, means a lot that you're taking the time to play for uh, the community and for um, to share your story with us. Absolutely. Well, you know, I at first
3: uh, I've been making music maybe for 13 years. My name's Witsy, by the way. Um, it's an Aztec name. The full name is actually Witsi lapotzli, So I, my whole life, I've gone by Witsi. And then I thought, you know, that's even a bit strange for most people. So I'll just, I'll, I'm, HD actually stands for my uh, initials of my name, but I thought it was also a cool name for a project. So I, I just, I went with it. Um, so yeah, the collection is really like, At the moment, it's a collection of everything I've made up until now. And going forward, I'm continuing to make new songs and add them to the collection. But um, yeah, I I mean, it's a long story, to be honest. But it all really started for me. um, Getting into CryptoKitties was the first NFT that I ever saw. I thought I was really enamored by it. I, I wasted all of my Ethereum on cats and breeding cats and stuff like that and um, those
2: those could be worth a pretty penny down the line
3: they definitely could be yeah and they also gave me my free nba top shot nft so you know i was kind of catapulted into this nft thing um with the cats (laughs) to be honest and um i've you know i've been a musician for a while eventually i started to realize oh like you can upload any type of digital data as an NFT. Right. And I I was really like excited about that because I knew I could upload my music as an NFT. Um, so I was just kind of playing with the idea at first, you know, there was so much hype around NFTs that, um, I just felt like it would be a great way to get my music out there. Um, also up until that point, I had never shared my music with anyone other than my friends and family. So it really, um, it was kind of like a, a leap for me to kind of, Get a new audience to listen to my music, and see if it even works out for me. And um, at first, I was on Ethereum, and that was you know a few years ago. The gas fees were extremely high at that period, so I didn't sell a, a single NFT. And um, I knew you know like th- it felt weird also to try and sell music for hundreds of dollars just to break even with the gas fee. I mean, it felt like really far fetched to me at the time. Um, and eventually, I mean, uh, slow me down if at any point you have any questions. But um, yeah, it's, no, at was, one I'm point,
2: because uh, I have a couple of questions, but I was gonna...
3: Yeah, please, please.
2: Uh, no. So when you were minting on Ethereum, I'm guessing you used OpenSea.
3: Um, I was actually using Rarible. and oh, I okay. did have an OpenSea account, but I never uploaded there.
2: So how much were you listing your songs for at that point to like try to break even with the gas fee? I'm like gu- because I remember when uh. Like there was a point where it was like 150 bucks to just do a transaction on Ethereum, which was crazy.
3: Yeah. I mean, it was something like, um, you know, because you had to pay two transactions at that period, I believe. So you had to pay, it was like something like 300 bucks to break even, um, you know, to list it. And then also to pay for the send fee. Um, yeah, I, I forget how it worked on rare, maybe the, the buyer paid for the, for the purchase sent, but, um, yeah regardless it was still like 150 bucks at the
2: time yeah no i'm saying how much were you like listing the songs for at that point
3: oh i was i was listing them for like uh just trying to break even make maybe make a couple dollars so i was selling them for like 155 and uh yeah wasn't really selling them i'm not a very well-known artist i just got out of music college at the time i uh, got my bachelor's in music so um yeah i mean
2: it you know it's really I, it's how did you get started, uh, like playing music and creating music?
3: Creating music, well, it started really uh, in in high school. I, I was a percussionist, a drummer for a few different bands and school bands as well. Um, and yeah, I just didn't really feel like I was expressing myself as well as I wanted to just playing drum kit, although I love playing drum kit. Don't get me wrong, but you know, I was playing any type of genre, anyone I could play with. I grew up in a small town, so, you know, I would take any opportunity I could to play with other musicians. And, um, you know, I like uh, my, my taste is really much more on like the funky jazz and electronic music side of things. And uh, a lot of people in my town were playing like rock and roll and, you know, like uh punk rock and stuff like that. So, yeah, it just it wasn't the perfect fit for me at the time. And I started thinking, OK, I'll, I guess I'll learn how to play piano or keyboards. Um, yeah, it was a long journey because I at first I tried learning through the classical route, and um, which was fine and actually re-helped out in the long run. But um, I just didn't like classical music at the time. And I really refused it as a kid trying to, you know, I, even though I wanted to learn how to play an instrument, learning how to play classically was really like you know it didn't interest me at the time so i found a really great jazz pianist his name is uh chuck lamb he was the backup pianist for the Brubeck quartet uh for the yeah david Brubeck. um so an amazing pianist and um he was playing like jazz fusion at the time he was with his wife who was a scatter a really unusual duo that especially in my small town i'd never heard anything like it so um i just went to him and was like hey can you teach me how to to play some piano like that and uh he he just gave me like five musical lessons but um in those lessons he re-showed me how to explore you know like he i could play he, he would ask me to play anything and keep repeating it and then he would you know, harmonized with it in a way that was completely genius. And just, he was showing me that it doesn't matter what you play. If you know what, how to harmonize it, you know, like anything can sound good basically. So it was because I I was really timid at the time. Like I I would touch a note and I would feel like I pressed the wrong thing or like, you know, so it was really like, um, an awakening for me musically to just like not care so much about what I play and explore more. And, um, that's really what got me into, improvised jazz music um
2: yeah i can, I can definitely relate to that because uh, i mean i started playing the piano when i was i think four years old or five years old and I played it all the way through through um, through fourteen. My my, I'm half Cuban, and the, my teacher was uh, was a Cuban lady as well. And they like they they grind you they grind you hard when you're like because uh, it was like you know the classical training and all that, and the repetition of the songs it just like drove me crazy after a while, but um, I kind of took a break from it and then I came back from it uh, came back to it uh, a few years ago, but. I definitely can feel what you're saying on the um, the like the opposition to the classical music. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's
3: it was it was something, you know. Yeah, it's. I always wanted to play what
2: I wanted and just make stuff up. Absolutely. Is that kind of how you you were when you were uh, starting?
3: Yeah, I re you know I was into kind of like. it was, it was a strange time. Cause I, you know, I grew up, uh, I, I was born in 95 and um kind of a transition of really like pop music at the time. So as a kid, I was listening to silly things like, like crazy frog and stuff. And um so it was really, it was, there was a totally disconnect from what I was listening to and what I was kind of interested in. But um, yeah, it's funny how it all just kind of influenced me in, in one way or another. And uh, honestly, like, music I used to have lucid dreams nightmares where I would realize that I was dreaming and then I would become lucid and um that would be a really beautiful thing and uh you know you could almost fly if you wanted to or whatever you want and I would often hear beautiful like music in my dreams that was what I would call now like synthesizer music or synthesized music um but at the time I, I just heard it in my dreams and um I was a child so I'd like I'd never really heard that before or knew what to even call it, but i did, you know I just called it dream music, and so that's another thing that fascinated me you know it's just like once I learned that you can create any sound using an electric input, I was like, Whoa, like the sky's the limit, really, you know <laughs>
2: That, yeah it's a big it's a big change in the in the world of making music and now you can kind of play almost any instrument instrument on a keyboard uh, which is kind of interesting and cool in a way where you can you know play if you don't know how to play a guitar but you know how to play the piano you can play the guitar or if you don't know how to play the saxophone but you can play a piano you can play the you know you can, you can play the saxophone so uh, it's kind of interesting
3: absolutely um so yeah just to get back on how it kind of continued with my NFT journey. Um, at first I thought, okay, I, could, I should give away my music um, so that people can can access it, basically. So I was actually, I used a blockchain called Wax. That's where I transitioned to from Ethereum. And that was honestly a bit overwhelming. That platform's, uh, it's built on EOS. It's more designed for like video game development. And like, yeah, you know, yeah, so I was I was a bit overwhelmed, but the community was nice and they kind of you know, they supported me They a lot of people were interested in the music and stuff. So, you know, I stuck around there for a while and um, They re you know, they showed me how to make my own contracts and stuff. So I re it was definitely beneficial But also very overwhelming and uh, yeah I started to feel community people started to give me ideas about how I could make utility for them and all these new ideas started to churn, and I was really getting deep into it at that point. Um, and someone at some point like mentioned to me, is there any way that I could use your music for commercial purposes? And uh, I thought that was a really great idea actually. So that's what I've been doing now with uh, OmniFlix and a few other, on a few other chains as well is I've been yeah, offering my perfect. music.
2: I saw you're on stash and, uh, and Stargaze, I believe. Are you on any other ones on the cosmos or anywhere else right now?
3: No, just stash. And actually, stargaze, I never got on. Um, It's funny, I I didn't know what being doxed meant, and that was one of the requirements at the time when filling out their form. So uh, I thought doxed meant I've been hacked in my information. I mean, I guess that can (laughs) also be doxed. So I was like, no, I'm not doxed. I'm totally secure. And so they they never took me on board their uh, marketplace because of that. And it wasn't only until recently that I realized the miscommunication. But...
2: (laughs) (laughs) That's kind of funny. Um, So, I mean, when you were, um, when you're like deciding on the next step for you, what made you choose the Cosmos?
3: Well, it was really that in particular, like first OmniFlix, why I chose OmniFlix was I have been for a long time on wax. I had had troubles trying and like I wanted to collaborate with many great artists. And it's difficult to split royalties on many of these platforms, also Wax. Um, I'm not sure if that's changed now. Maybe it has. But um, at the time, OmniFlex was offering the ability to, you know, split uh, a contract between as many addresses as you want. So that functionality um, functionality, reappealed to me and also the ability to offer my NFTs um, with various different cryptos, I know on OmniFlex there's four, I believe, currently, right? Um, uh, yeah,
2: we have Chihuahua, Juno, Adam, and Osmosis. Yeah,
3: and yeah, I just thought that was so cool because, like, I had just received the the airdrops for those coins. I've been uh, in Cosmos for a little while. Um, got into Cosmos just because I thought staking was cool, and then all these airdrops started happening. And my gosh, this this Cosmos has also been like the biggest. Uh, learning curve of anything in my time in the space as well, but um, yeah, it's really it's just amazing how it all came together. And why I really liked uh, Secret Network was because um, you know, if I'm offering my the ability to use my music for commercial purposes, I wanted to either have some kind of system where it was more exclusive um and so someone could you know i could actually track who's getting to use these rights because if it's on a public blockchain you know if someone knew my my address they could access the music and still use it for free without um without necessarily having to buy an nft so i started playing around with the idea of uh you know secret contracts because that really excited me too but um You know you you kind of need a bit of both you need you need public side and you need the private side like on on my secret uh ones you can't listen to the music until you buy it and um yeah i mean i could it up differently but currently that's how it is so yeah
2: gotcha um so now tell me about your first collection uh how did you decide you know how did you put it together uh your first collection on omniflix rather um, how did you put that together? Like, how did you, um, create the music? How long did it take you? Yeah, well, um, the music
3: that originally came up was all of the music I made in my time in college. Um, a lot of them were actually even school projects like assignments. Um, and so I released all of those at once and that was what's called HD music. Um, and it's an ongoing collection. So I'm, I'm continually adding to the OmniFlix collection. It's my only collection. Um, I mean, there were a few failed collections at first because I read I, I did not know what I was doing. OmniFlex team really helped me out, specifically Sisla and um, Cheaton. But yeah, I mean, it's uh, it was a whole thing. Oh my gosh! <laughs> when
2: when was it that you launched? Because I know it was before my time, uh, so it was definitely. I guess it was probably like uh, February or March, maybe.
3: Oh, gosh, that's a good question. Actually, I'll try and look it up as we speak. Um, One moment. I should be able to see it right here. Yeah, actually, I I launched um, on OmniFlex,
2: it seems.
3: Yeah, around February. Yep, you're right.
2: Yeah, that, that's, uh, so you've been with us almost a year. Um, and your experience in terms of building a following around your music and building a following around yourself. Um, have, how have you seen web three play into that? And you know, have you seen, um, have you seen, you know, a, a group that continuously buys your music, or people or wallet addresses, I should say that, uh, you know, are regularly buying your music?
3: I actually I honestly haven't been watching for regular buyers but um what I can say is uh yes there have been some some kind of patterns that I can see oftentimes there's uh, some supporters of my music that have been coming back and maybe checking out a few of the other chains I'm on just Yeah, because like on my Twitter, I have this hyperlink link that links you to all of my social media and all of my marketplaces where you can find my NFTs and all of that. And, um, yeah, sometimes people jump around, but it's hard to keep track of, honestly. And also with the secret ones, I mean, they're anonymous, so um, you really have no way of knowing.
2: Uh, Where do you get your inspiration for your music?
3: My inspiration, man, it, uh, George Duke is one of my biggest uh, all-time inspirations. He's uh, He passed away in my lifetime, but he's an, a very amazing uh, jazz pianist. He kind of, him, Herbie Hancock, and Jeff Lorber kind of created the uh, jazz fusion sound with the Rhodes piano. Um, and uh, yeah, so it's definitely a big inspiration, but honestly, like, Every time I get jump on my computer to make some new music, there's so much to learn still. Um, it's kind of infinite. Digital audio workstations, the tool, the software you use to record yourself, it can go infinitely deep, especially with electronic music. Um, and so, yeah, I find myself often drawing inspiration just from learning how to use a new piece of technology. I might learn how to use a new plugin or a new uh, piece of software that totally alters the chain, the sound of an instrument, um, or maybe is its own instrument in, in outright. And um, yeah, once I discover something new, maybe I'll be like, oh, okay, I really want to make something with this as the highlight. Sometimes it's even just like, I get a catchy thing stuck in my head, and I'm just like, okay, I've got to write that down. And then uh, I'll just start adding things to it. So it's really random, to be honest. But, um, and it comes from other other places too i mean it's really it's inconsistent for me
2: and in terms of like uh, i know you play um you know edm music i i I told you the other day like it sounds um it has like an eric prince feel to me um do you have like uh artists that are that are active in the edm space today that you like look to for um for i don't want to say like uh inspiration because i just used that word but in terms of like you know, creating new things and seeing where this, where the EDM space is going, how do you, um, are there, is there anybody that you like look up to or that you, um, try to emulate?
3: Oh man. I mean, there's so many people I look up to, but no one in particular that I'm really trying to emulate. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's such a, a wide variety of tastes, but I re really, I personally really love techno and, um, side trance and, I have a few friends who are actually very uh, well-known, large, you know, like international producers of those genres. So, um, but you know, it's like those specific types of music take a a really intense amount of mixing um, a level that I have not yet learned how to, how to capture correctly. Um, So yeah, I'm slowly just kind of trying to teach myself different tools and uh, audio effect techniques Example, in each song, and um I've been releasing them in chronological order, which is why I released my the songs I made in college first because yeah, I want them to slowly improve as I learn these techniques um honestly, most of the music that i've I have released are almost two years old now, um so I have a lot in the back stock ready and well so- somewhat very close to uh being finished as well, but um. Yeah, so I, I just I, I wanted the sound to progressively become much better and improve over time, instead of jumping around to my older years um, or even abandoning tracks that you know I, I kind of I'm a little attached to releasing almost everything I make, even if it sucks. I mean, I just <laughs> uh, I I feel like if I don't do it, then it's just either going to stick on my computer and never go anywhere, never be heard and maybe just never be picked up again. So if I can at least get it to a point where I'm happy to release it, then that's, that's where I like to be.
2: No, I, that makes sense. I, um, I definitely can relate to that as well. And when you're going in like, uh, kind of like editing the music and trying to like, you know, if you screw up a note or like, you know, you got to go back and fix something, it's like, probably like, uh, you know, you got to go through and you got to make sure that it's all that it's perfect before you put it out. Uh, So I definitely got that. But when you're uh, when you what do you use to create the music? uh, Or to edit?
3: Yeah, I, um, I use Ableton to make most of my electronic music. Um, And before I learned Ableton, I was using Pro Tools, uh, mostly for recording, uh, when I had the equipment in the studio available from the university. Um, Now that I'm mostly at in-home studio and using MIDI and, um, yeah, just a small setup for the most part. I'm mostly just using Ableton. Uh, But if I had the need to, you know, use a studio setup, I would probably use Pro Tools.
2: Which, um, would you say there's like a a big learning curve for Ableton?
3: I would say uh, it just doesn't look nice. It looks great when you first open it up. It looks overwhelming, um so yeah, it could be a bit like what's it, it, what's extremely like scary about it is how customizable it is, so it really it looks horrible visually, <laughs> but what you can do with it it's like it's like Frankenstein, like this thing can do anything, and the biggest learning curve is just knowing the language to look up what you're trying to achieve, like if you're trying to get that reverb that sounds like that one song then you know you have to know how to even have the language to look up okay how do you make the reverb sound like really long or something like that you know it's uh, a kind of language is the main barrier i would say um but actually once once you're doing it i mean it comes second nature it's just a new a new skill to memorize key bindings kind of are a big thing of course you know silly things like that remembering that holding down the command plus the e cuts cuts a a track right where your mouse is there's you know it's silly things like that but the workflow gets faster for sure
2: what would you say is the biggest challenge you had to overcome in terms of um you know just getting into web 3 and um releasing your um you know getting your music ready to uh, produce and release in uh into the public
3: Oh, man. I mean, to be honest, it's probably everything after I create the music from finding artwork that I, I feel is like fitting for the music. And then I personally have been, you know, like uh, augmenting all of the artwork or imagery that I use for my um, for my music. Some of them include music videos, even which I've made myself using like uh, glitch art that I've broken software and then recorded and stuff um so yeah it's kind of it's i would say the visual aspect is honestly something that's very tricky for me and of course marketing is uh you know it's like i i personally have never been on social media twitter was very recent for me i like the spaces which is the main reason why i got on here and i also realized okay a lot of web3 people are on twitter but um yeah, like before Twitter, I was using something called Torum when I was using Wax. And that was doing actually really well for me um, because I was one of the first musician Web3 people on on Wax. Um, There's maybe two other people. So, um, and a lot of the Wax people use this social media platform called Torum. Um, it was basically Twitter for crypto enthusiasts. You even get like crypto for using it and stuff. But anyway, um, yeah, like people were just everyone on this platform used uh used wax and uh it was just going really smoothly because i could i could offer my i was giving away my nfts for free to people who wanted to grab them and um everyone on this twitter thing were people that knew how to use wax so it just worked out but um yeah it's it's tricky you know like uh for cosmos in particular like not too many people know about cosmos same as wax back then and you kind of have to explain it to them a little bit and be like you know it's like capable of uh, having cross blockchain communication and you know you just kind of slowly step feed people
2: Gotcha. No, I, I mean, when you're like, when you got a market for yourself, it's, um, you know, it's hard. Well, at least for me, it's like it's hard to almost like uh, try to promote myself or boast myself because, I, I, you know, m- most people are typically humble people. Um, you know, if, and if you're not, then you're a step ahead of the game because you're going to be a better salesman. Um, but humility can um, can help you and hurt you.
3: Absolutely. If
2: it's okay, I'd love to share with you just like maybe a few
3: snippets of things that are upcoming, haven't been released yet. Absolutely. um, Awesome. Thank you. And um, yeah, thank you also for sharing those electronic pieces uh, before the show started. That was cool. Um, Absolutely. So. I might just yeah half or even shorter little sections I have four pieces I would love like to show you guys this first one's called urban breeze it's already released it's a funky one and um yeah here's a little taste <laughs> One. That's Urban Breeze. That's
2: some funky Smooth Jazz right there.
3: <laughs> Wait, sorry? What's that?
2: That's, a, that's some funky smooth jazz.
3: Thank you, man. I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. All right. This next one um is called Footprints. It's a jazz piece. Um, it's actually my most popular NFT across all marketplaces, oddly enough. And uh yeah, you know, it's it's probably my most well-produced jazz piece then it's really it's, it's straight on jazz here it is um it's it's also I should mention it's a a remix of Wayne Shorter's version of the song we actually composed it footprints but uh it's his version is in 4/4 it's uh he plays um i believe trumpet and um mine is on piano and it's a different rhythmic feel also i've improvised over it so it's it's not the same song at all but there are some uh elements that are the same let's hear it it's just a short little taste of it, but yeah, very jazzy. Um, that's
2: beautiful. I love that.
3: Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Um, yeah. And, uh, I mean, there's a a lot of cool elements in there too. I, I didn't show you the very intro, but there's this sound, there's an instrument called the vibra slap. It's basically a cowbell attached to like a metal bar with a wooden ball at the end. You slap the wooden ball and it shakes the cowbell and makes it sound like,
2: that, that brings good, a but... question that i forgot that i wanted to ask you i saw a video of you on youtube or i'm sorry on twitter of you um playing like a vase essentially uh and turning that into like a percussion uh, percussion instrument what was that
3: yeah yeah that's called an udu drum um i've been making those since i was in high school actually uh, i used to take a ceramics class um what it is it's a west african instrument it's really an awesome instrument um sounds way better in person than even on that video, but. Um, It's basically a vase with a hole on the side, uh, and you slap that hole. And what's interesting about this drum is like most drums are membranophones, meaning there's like a hide, like an animal skin that you stretch across the the drum and you hit that. But with this, there's no membrane. It's it's called an aerophone. Uh, It's in the same... Category actually as like a um as a trumpet or something. Because uh what you what you do is you slap this hole and that compresses the air inside of the of the vase, and then the air has to shoot out somewhere so it shoots out this smaller end on the top of the vase, forcing it to uh create a tone. Um and yeah, I mean I can play it for you right now, actually. I have one right on me. Um this is what it sounds like. And uh, you can add, like, other percussive elements, like just slapping the vase with your fingers to make this kind of a sound like a. You know, so you, you get the idea, but it's uh, it's basically a vase that you slap and make cool sounds with. And uh, it's a lot of fun. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's fantastic. Have you sold them or like, do, do you have any like uh, plans to sell them?
3: Um, it is. I mean, I don't have uh, access to a pottery studio right this second. I mean, I could if I read. Um, I have sold them before. I've made three of them for for um, pro- professional percussionists, and I've made two of them for myself. Um, so, I I I could potentially make a business out of it. But uh, I I always thought it would be awesome even to make like an NFT project where you could buy these instruments. That's what and- I was
2: literally gonna. Yeah, I was absolutely gonna suggest exactly that.
3: Yeah, I I mean, I would love to if I had access to the to the studio to fire and, you know, work with uh, with it, then uh, I definitely would.
2: Yeah, yeah, because we have uh, we have a couple artists that have, um, you know, not necessarily fidgetal NFTs, but um, we have one uh, one girl from uh, from Iran who creates her Persian rugs in a digital form. But then you can also reach out to her and she'll send you an actual Persian rug uh, that's like handmade and all that and I, I imagine your instruments are handmade um and with plenty of love so uh i think i think that would go over really well
3: yeah that would be super cool i mean uh, yeah it really depends on the on the studio setup but yeah that, that that would definitely be a dream um yeah it's funny too with uh, it's pagal P- 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 right
2: pega yeah, yes yes
3: pega um yeah yeah um it was funny, I'd, like right before she was on OmniFlix, uh I saw her present on a uh, space. Um I don't know if she if she like I mentioned Cosmos to her and I think she did her own research and found OmniFlix, which is so cool cuz I literally was like uh like trying to t- like she was talking about her rugs and I was like I really want to see this in Cosmos, you know. And then like literally the next week there she was. I was I was so happy. <laughs>
2: Yeah, well, I gotta give—I do have to give credit to uh, Sandy Toes, one of our excellent affiliates, uh, who I know—I um, think she, he, she also gave the nudge to Pega to uh, to come over to Omniflix as well from Tezos. Um, but I, but I, I think it's—I uh, would be remiss to not mention her in that respect because she, uh, she, she w- she's definitely been uh instrumental in helping quite a few female artists come over to Omniflix and experience uh you know our our technology and all that um but you know the the all that matters is that she that she came over to to here to launch her art and uh, I think the community is better for it
3: absolutely
2: yeah uh so you had a couple more uh, that you wanted to share that were unreleased
3: yeah these two are unreleased um there's one that uh, I won't mention the other artists yet because we're still contemplating whether she wants to create her own collection or whether she would like to um, join my collection or just make a single release with me because uh, but yeah, I'm helping her out learning. She, she's learning how to use uh, Web3. She's an amazing techno producer from Portugal. And um, I reached out to her because I love her music. She's a very small artist, but she plays large festivals. And uh, I saw her over the summer, and I was like, OK, I need to help this person into Web3. So I reached out to her, and shes uh, we're making a song together. Here's a little snippet of it. It's intense techno. Totally different turn from what you've heard so far. Oh, that's awesome. That's a taste of that
2: (laughs) i love it that's awesome that's uh that's the one that you're creating with the with the female producer from portugal
3: yes exactly
2: yeah oh that's that's sick
3: yeah man I, i saw her at this festival it was the freaking i mean nothing breaks the the stigma of covid better than being in a in a rave full of 3,000. No, I was actually, I mean, it was probably more like 10,000 hippies just sweating it out, you know?
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I have not yet made it back to the festival grounds uh, since, I guess, Moonrise, when I, I probably like four years ago, um, which was really disappointing during COVID because there was no festivals to be had. But uh, now that it's back into the swing, probably for next summer, I'm going to have to head back out to the festival grounds. Super cool. So- yeah um wait what was that one you mentioned moon moon Moonrise. it's in baltimore uh they have it like every year at, uh Pimco raceway
3: that's super cool i'll definitely check it out um, all right
2: and this is have- the you have one more. um and then we'll go to your um your live set and uh plan for that for top of the hour so about eight minutes cool
3: awesome i actually this one will be my live one uh this last one here oh beautiful let me just one moment here. So I set this up earlier yesterday. And this is a, um, it was a beat that I had created. And then I started improvising over it. And I realized, OK, this, this would be a good one to do. So I, I actually, I made some chords for it. And I'm going to improvise on top of it. Um, I'm just making sure it's all set up. Keyboard's plugged in. Right, we should be good here. I this one listen. uh yeah it's not not finished yet but it will be released i'm most likely going to call it maple leaf it's a piano piece primarily just gotta put down my phone somewhere Idea.
2: was that include, Did that include the um that that bass drum
3: um no it didn't actually I, that's a good idea i should probably add that there
2: no I, I i thought that was the drum that was playing
3: oh no i had i had a conga playing in the back here um gotcha yeah i think this it sounds like this <laughs> But uh it does sound similar. I can I can see the similarity. Yeah. <laughs> you
2: yeah, know, your your music is very eclectic. I like it.
3: Thank you, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah, tons of different tastes, tons of uh, you know, life is full of richness. It's hard to hard to just put yourself in one box, you know.
2: Absolutely. Um so I want to open it up to the uh, to the crowd and uh see if anybody has any questions for you that they'd like to ask um if anybody uh, has any questions for them. Just request, and I'll uh, invite you right up. Um,
3: Thanks so much for coming out, you guys. I really appreciate it. I you know it's a Saturday. A lot of you might have more exciting things you might want to do, but, uh, yeah, appreciate you being all here.
2: Likewise, we appreciate you being here. And um, and we have Songs of Eden, our other resident uh, musician here. Um, so, yeah, you guys, uh, please, I'll proceed.
4: Hey, guys. Hey, guys. It's uh, almost midnight here in Sweden. I'm driving driving home from a gig myself and was just uh, enjoying the music. Really great. Love it.
3: Thank you so much, man. Really appreciate it. Hope you're doing well. It's been a little while.
4: Yeah, really good. I've been doing two uh, gigs today, so I'm a bit Uh, Tired, been driving here for one and a half hours back from, I was on this kind of small uh, ship where they had some Christmas um, food and stuff, but (laughs) typical Swedish thing, but but really nice. And this was like the perfect ending for, on this day for me listening to, uh, I was just disappointed that you didn't mention Shikoria when it came to good road sound. I have to add him to the Irving uh, and the Jeff Lorbers and so forth.
3: <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. I, I personally, like, yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. Um, I don't know why I just kind of think of Chick a little bit more on the acoustic side, but you're absolutely right. Yeah,
4: yeah I think the Return to Forever records, that's my personal... Uh, Preference when it comes to road sound, I think that's just superb. But uh, all the others are great players too, of course. But I guess it's just a matter of taste. Okay?
2: So I guess a question for both of you: uh, When Songs of Eden and HD Music collab? Tomorrow.
3: Oh man, I would love to sometime. I mean, we can talk about it. Um, we could even uh yeah songs of eden definitely use it. i i know you you make your um your midi uh the midi artwork too so yeah i mean i was going to suggest we could even send some uh a track between us if we want to work on something together that would be awesome um right now i'm heading out for the holidays so i might be a little busy for the next uh, until after the new year but um yeah i would definitely love to collaborate with you man you make some beautiful music
4: Of course, of course, anytime. I haven't really been making any pure music NFTs uh, for a while, so I would love to get back to that. So yeah, let's do it. 2023 is the year for the collapse.
2: Oh, that's amazing. Well, we just broke broke ground right there. Um, And and hey, I
4: never never knew you were half Cuban. Uh, That's so cool too. I was just playing with a guy from Cuba here on the percussion.
2: Yeah, uh, Spanish is actually my first language.
4: Entonces, tú sabes que cuando yo digo hacer como tú
2: Claro que sí. I
4: love the Cuban uh, version of Spanish. That's my favorite.
2: Yeah, they, they all have their own little dialects, but it's um, it's it's a it's a I guess it's a rougher Spanish than the Castilian one.
4: Yeah, definitely. I grew up with us because I was playing a lot of Latin music, so I have a hard time to um, to understand when the Spanish Spanish people are talking. I, for me, it's more easier with uh, like the 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 Cubans and the Puerto Ricans and so forth. So yeah, it's quite fun. That's,
2: <laughs> that why really like the, uh, that's why I really like the that's why I really like the drum that um, that HD Music uh, created because it sounds a lot like uh, like the Spanish or the Cuban bongo drums.
4: Yeah, those were congas I believe, right? But yeah, I love that too. It's really
0: good.
2: And how do we get a um, an H music uh, drum if we wanted to potentially purchase one?
4: Actually, I was thinking about it myself. I would love one. I go grab one if you make one for me. I love the UDU drum. It's so cool. I use use it a lot, but uh, as a sample, the Native Instruments version of it. But to have one yourself, I mean, I have the Darbukas and some stuff that I record, but those are really cool.
2: Well, you got two buyers right there.
3: (laughs) Thanks, man. Yeah, I would, I would, yeah, like I was saying, it would really just depend on if I can find a place, uh, a studio that would, you know, allow me to, to be there for a little while. But, um, Yeah, I mean, definitely. You
4: can record. You can record a video where you look like Patrick Swayze in this, you know, the ghost movie when you do the pottery stuff. (laughs) (laughs) That that as a video NFT, that would be so cool.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's a
3: great idea, man.
2: (laughs) Well, we appreciate. uh, Thank you for coming up, Songs of Eden. Appreciate you joining us uh, on this lovely, well, I guess now Sunday for you in uh, in Stockholm uh, or somewhere in that neighborhood. Um, and thank you, HD Music, for joining us. And uh, we really appreciate it. And I hope that you will come back and launch, um, you know, uh, you know something when we are uh, after our Flix drop, because the Flix drop will be like a stimulus check for everybody in the community. And, you know, what that means NFTs will get minted in excess.
3: Wait, what do we have uh, some kind of? News on the flicks drop? Maybe I was living under a rock for <laughs> <shirt> a moment.
2: <laughs> well, no, it should be um it should be very soon. Um, the rumor is early Q1 now because we're, again we're just waiting on the um, stream swap to be done uh, on Osmosis so that we can formally have the token sale. Um, so at that point, it'll be about four weeks after that. So. The token will go live, and then we'll have a four-week, uh, call it a grace period, until the f- actual Flix drop happens. But who knows? Maybe there'll, um, maybe there'll be some breaking news down the line. Wow, that's awesome, amazing. But it gives artists plenty of time to plan to have a bunch of collections ready to launch on the marketplace, so that there's um, you know NFTs for people to buy. Um, You know, in the the event that the Flix drop happens and there's, you know, all of this uh, money going around the OmniFlix community, what else are you going to do with it, but maybe launch some interactive videos and buy some NFTs. Speaking of interactive videos, before I let you go, um, how have you, or have you considered using OmniFlix TV as like a way to um like get feedback for your music or just to have like an additional um you know to create like visuals for your music uh and and kind of like interact with your community
3: oh my gosh i haven't really you know back when i was asking this was a while ago almost half a year ago um yeah i mean I, maybe it, it's totally evolved since then i didn't when i asked about the Omniflix tv um half a year ago like my understanding was that we would be able to make like decisions on which way we would want the the tv show to go or, or like the song yes. to go or, Um yes yeah yeah so anyway i was just a little confused at the time and i i haven't rechecked it out so no i haven't no
2: oh. well it's um we're we're still in alpha, but the version that we have right now, that seek function is um, is available. You can basically you know give the person a couple of options, and based on the option that they pick, it'll take them to that part of the video. Um, and you can kind of have like a create your own song uh, in a sense. So yes, uh, but the really cool part about it is also that it's going to be like a decentralized Twitch when we have the update uh, in about a month or so, and it'll uh, you'll have your own channel, you'll have your own uh, you know your ability to um go live you'll have the ability uh well actually i'm not sure if the go live part will be in a month but that will be uh in in the short term and then you can pair that up with omniflix nucleus and uh hold all your music and video content in there uh so that actually would be beneficial for you like off the bat because you have so many you know songs that you've launched on the marketplace Uh, i think you have 120 if i'm not mistaken um so i think that would be a really beautiful way to display all your content and it's um you know fully customizable white labelable and you can design it yourself
3: well yeah definitely that's a great idea um yeah i actually i have 15 songs but i have 10 of each one so they're not one of ones but um, that's that's super cool that's a great idea
2: well that will be out uh very soon so um we'll definitely be in touch about that and we'll work something out for you it'll be and it's free to use as well so uh can't can't if it's free it's me as i as what i like to say all right that thank you for, great yeah, thank, thank you thank you too. for your time and sharing your music with us. um it has been a wonderful experience having you in the spotlight and i hope you'll be back joining us soon now that we're uh on a u.s con- a time zone that's uh or a time frame that's conducive to u.s listeners listening in
3: Absolutely. And uh, yeah, thank you again so much for having me and, uh, you know, making this space possible. I really appreciate everything you're doing and uh, the OmniFlix team in general. It's uh, extremely friendly and uh, just helpful in general. So good to you guys.
2: I appreciate that, man. We appreciate it as well. Um, You enjoy the rest of your weekend, as do everybody else, hopefully. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. And we'll be back on Friday within the studio and a week from today in the spotlight. Have a great weekend, everybody.
1: Thanks for checking out another episode of The Ether. That was the OmniFlix Network in the Spotlight, an AMA and live set by HD Music, recorded on Saturday, December 3rd, 2022. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. And if you want to keep listening, head on over to TerraSpaces.org slash donate and show some support. Doing a little magic, pulling rabbits out the rucksack Not everybody's always in it for the money Looking like another crooked Sunday and I'm working Monday So you know I ain't stressing, left debating great methods Amazed to play Inception, the bass stay blessed
0: well, See, even with these huge <laughs> sums <laughs> of overall
1: royalty <laughs> These sums of money that go to the record label per playback <laughs> Can seem insultingly <laughs> small many rights holders are making around three quarters, three quarters of a, quarters cent. Of a